Welcome to the Florida Divorce Podcast, your source for the information you need to successfully get through your divorce and into the next exciting chapter of life. Now, here's your host, Attorney Scott Kalish. Hey everyone, my name is Scott Kalish and I am a divorce and family law attorney here in South Florida. Today, I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart, and that's injunctions, specifically domestic violence injunctions. If you know anything about me or if you've done any research about me, you'd probably know that I was a former prosecutor and spent uh, a decent amount of time working as a prosecutor at the state attorney's office. So I have uh, extensive experience in domestic violence and working with victims. And something that, and obviously that, that translated into, you know, working as a divorce lawyer, domestic violence is something that, that doesn't come up in every case, but um, it comes up fairly often. And we regularly represent people trying to obtain injunctions or also known as restraining orders. In Florida, we call them injunctions. And it's something that I really enjoy doing. And that's kind of a little bit rare in uh, family law. I've met, you know, a considerable amount of family law attorneys that say, oh, no, you know, I hate injunctions. I'll refer you all the injunctions I get. So we like doing, I like doing them. I'll say that my law partner and the other attorney at the office do not like injunctions. So I like them. I think it's because it, it kind of reminds me of my time at the state attorney's office, which I really enjoyed. So let me, you know, enough about that. Let me jump in and explain the, uh, Fundamentals, right? The basics of injunctions. And I specifically want to focus on domestic violence injunctions. So before I get to domestic violence injunctions, I want you to know that under Florida law, there are five types of injunctions, right? Five types of scenarios where you can get a restraining order. That's for domestic violence, which we'll go through in a second. You can get a restraining order for protection against dating violence, right? Someone that's not considered a family or household member, right? So we'll, we'll go, go into that, right? What's considered a family or household member. Sexual violence, right? So you can get a, an injunction for the protection against sexual violence. You can get an injunction for, you know, protection against stalking or cyber stalking, right? Those are really interesting. I've done a few of those recently, you know, within the past year or so. And then repeat violence, right? The last category of, of injunctions are injunctions for the protection against repeat violence, and that's really for people that that have no connection, right? Neighbors, strangers, that that type of thing. But today is going to be focused upon, or this episode is going to be focused upon domestic violence injunctions, right? So, and that's the most common type of injunction in the uh, family law realm, right? When we're dealing with divorce and paternity cases, you know, breaking up, domestic violence injunctions by far are, are the most common, at least in my experience. So let me um, go through the process. If you're not familiar with how to obtain an injunction in the state of Florida and, and kind of how it works, let me kind of walk through that and then we'll, we'll walk through the actual requirements, right? What, what does it take to, to prove that you're entitled under Florida law to an injunction for protection against domestic violence, right? So to start off with the process, you know, it all starts with filing a petition, right? And under the Supreme Court's website, right, the Florida Supreme Court's website, they have forms to fill out, right, that, you know, to essentially file at the clerk's office, right? So they have form fill petitions. You can, if you find yourself in a position where, where you, you want to uh, file for an injunction, you can certainly go to the clerk's office in your local county and ask them for the domestic violence packet. And 
They'll give you the form petition. If you, you know, hire an attorney like us, we have access to those forms. And really, you know, courts really want you to use the forms said for domestic violence, right? Specifically, just because, you know, I can't tell you why, but you know, that's kind of just the way it is right now. So it all starts with filing the petition and it's a pretty extensive application for a domestic violence injunction. But once it's filed, really that day or the very next day, it'll go directly to the judge, right? Depending upon what time you file it, my experience is they they review it the same day. The judge does, right? The, so once you file it at the clerk, the clerk will take it to the judge. Once the judge has, has a moment, he or she will, will review it. And they'll essentially make a decision right there and then as to whether or not to grant you a temporary injunction until they can conduct a formal hearing, right? So once they get the, that packet in their hands, they'll review it and they'll basically make a decision as to whether or not, you know, the situation that you describe rises to the level of needing an injunction right there and then, right? So if you're, if the allegations are strong enough, clear enough, I would say grave enough, right? Like to, to where, you know, there's serious concern that domestic violence is going to happen or has happened or will happen in the, in the near future, then they're going to grant you an injunction. And um, they do that ex parte, it's called, right? So like without hearing the other side, right? Just kind of seeing what you alleged in the packet, you know, they'll, they'll make a decision. And it's incredibly important to be very clear in that packet and be concise, right? I mean, you have to be de- detailed, definitely be detailed, but definitely be concise. You know, I've seen some people file injunctions and then they'll hire us after, and then I get to see what they put together. And that's fine, right? That's definitely fine. I think the better practice is to get an attorney and have an attorney assist in drafting it for you so that it's got the best chance possible to succeed at getting, or you have the best chance of possible to succeed at getting a temporary injunction issued, right? But if you find yourself in a position where, hey, there's no time and you just have to go to the courthouse, you know, right now and, and file for an injunction, definitely be very clear particularly in details when it's called for. I see sometimes people file or include details that are completely irrelevant and kind of like ruin their credibility or just make it seem like they don't need an actual injunction. So just be careful with that. But but yeah, so after that, after the judge reviews it, the judge will right then and there give you another court date or give you a court date right for the future to where you have to come back and essentially prove as to why this injunction should be final, right? And what's considered permanent. But permanent really doesn't mean permanent in the state of Florida. Permanent means more than a, just a temporary injunction until a hearing. So once you're at the hearing, um, it's like a trial. I mean, if you don't know anything about trials, I have an episode about trial um, that I previously recorded where I explained how trials work in Florida, specifically in the Florida divorce and family law context, but um, there'll be a trial. And that's when you have to show up, present evidence, testify, call witnesses potentially, and prove why you are entitled to a domestic violence injunction, right, under Florida law. And this is where I highly recommend getting a lawyer because if you don't know the rules of family law procedure, if you don't know the rules of evidence, if you don't know the law, in general, then you're going to be at a severe disadvantage, especially if there's an attorney on the other side. I do both sides. I will represent a petitioner asking for an injunction, and I also represent respondents defending injunctions. Sometimes 
people file injunctions that are completely, I would say, ridiculous and, and are used just to manipulate the, the family law system, which is horrible. And it's very sad to see because courts still have to give them their time to present their case and give them an opportunity. But I've seen, especially with children, people file just horrible injunctions that are, are basically based on misrepresentations and fraud on the court, you know, in order to gain like an unfair advantage. And usually these injunctions are what's called snuffed out, right? You know, for lack of a better term, they're easily defended against. Usually if it's based on a lie or a misrepresentation, usually the truth can come out if it's defended properly. So if you find yourself served with a domestic violence injunction, give us a call. I'd, ha I'd be happy to review it to see whether or not it can be you know, successfully defended against. But the problem with these injunctions, or sometimes the problem, is that they're, it's set very, very quickly for a final hearing. So it's filed. A judge has a look at it, right, to see if it rises to the level of where we need want something temporarily. And then a hearing is set, that, that final hearing, right, your trial date. Usually it's two to three weeks out it's set, right? So if it's it's February 20th right now, that means by the first week of March, you know, if it was filed today, by the first week of March, you're having a full trial. Us attorneys, you know, we have incredibly busy calendars and sometimes we're not always able to, or I'm not always able to take domestic violence cases either because they're just set on a day that I have something scheduled already or I just don't have the time to prepare. And, and they take time to prepare, especially if we're going to defend one and it's based on a misrepresentation or fraud on the court because... I have to gather all of the evidence that I need to prove that it's a lie, right? And what the petitioner is saying is, is not accurate. So it takes time. It take time. Sometimes the actual hearings can take as quick as 30 minutes. Other times, you know, I've been in injunction hearings, final hearings for four hours. So also something to note is that once you have the hearing. There is no jury, right? It's not like criminal case where you know, criminal case where you're proving domestic violence and you're going to have a jury sitting there listening to the facts. You just have the judge. So um, that's something for you to note. So let, let me kind of go through. I went through the process. I think you have an understanding. Or you should have an understanding of you know how it works, the procedural aspect of it. But let me talk to you about the requirements, right? What do you have to show? to be entitled to a domestic violence injunction under Florida law, right? So you either have to show that you have been a victim of domestic violence, right? As it has been defined in section 741.28, or you have reasonable cause to believe that you are in imminent danger of becoming the victim of any act of domestic violence, right? So you either have to prove that domestic violence occurred or you have to prove that, hey, you're in imminent danger that, or, you know, to be a victim of any act of domestic violence, right? So let's start with the first one. Um, have you been a victim of domestic violence before? And there's, I'm not going to get into this right now. Maybe I'll do like a part two, more of like a, uh, like an advanced episode, right? To kind of give you more specifics, but Generally speaking, there's there's a time period. You you, you know, if it's 2000 and, and you know, I'm recording this in February of 2024, you can't bring an allegation, the one and only allegation you can't bring from 1995, right? So there's uh, definitely a time requirement, and that's it's a little bit of a gray area. And again, I'll, I'll record another podcast about it, but I'll just suffice it to say, it's got to be, it's got to. I mean, well, 
I'll say this, the more recent, the better. Okay. The, the, the more recent, the better your chances at obtaining an actual domestic violence injunction. But let me kind of tell you what our law defines as domestic violence, right? Means any assault, aggravated assault, battery, aggravated battery, sexual assault, sexual battery, stalking, aggravated stalking, kidnapping, false imprisonment, or any criminal offense resulting in physical injury or death of one family or household member by another family or household member. So any act of violence, I would say, rises to the level of domestic violence. And usually when we're doing these, that's not usually the problem, right? Usually the act of violence or, or the crime, right, that I just listed is pretty categorizing that the crime is not usually the issue. It's whether or not that that crime actually occurred. But every once in a while, someone will, will, will want to like file an injunction for protection against domestic violence for something that I'll just say silly, right? And it, it won't meet that definition of domestic violence because it's maybe it's like more of like an intimidation. Maybe it's like more mental abuse. Just and that's not mental abuse is not silly. You know, I didn't mean to say that, but it just doesn't rise to the level of domestic violence. But usually the point of contention in these cases are, did this happen, right? Did he or she actually strike the other person, right? Is there evidence of that? So, but I just wanted to give you the the, the definition of domestic violence. And then again, also, right, part of that definition, it's got to be a family or household member and the law defines that. And every once in a while, this will be an issue, but this is very rare. I've only had one in the last couple of years where the case really turned upon whether or not this person was a family or household member. And the law says a family or, because usually it's between two spouses, parents, and, and that's definitely not something that is very hard to prove. But let me give you the definition really quickly. So family or household member means spouses, former spouses, persons related by blood or marriage, persons who who are presently residing together as if a family or who have resided together in the past as if a family and persons who are parents of a child in common, regardless of whether they have been married. With the exception of persons who have a child in common, the family or household members must be currently residing or have in the past residing, resided together in the same single dwelling unit, right? So that's the definition of family or household member. And to qualify, right, as a for an injunction, domestic violence injunction, you got to be a family or household member. So again, usually it's former spouses, current spouses, parents of a child together, right? So that's definitely not an issue with, with proving that, right? So if you're able to prove an act of violence between a family or a household member, again, spouses, parents of, of a child in common, very easy to prove. But that's only the first avenue that you can get an injunction with, right? So, uh, or by the second avenue of which you can get an injunction is, is when domestic violence has not occurred yet, right? So there is no domestic violence. There just is an imminent danger, right? That you, you have, or you're the person that's filed it against you is saying that they have reasonable cause to believe that he or she is in imminent danger of becoming the victim of any act of domestic violence. Now, this one is always pretty tough, right? I mean, it's definitely possible. And I have successful, been successful at obtaining injunctions when domestic violence has not yet occurred, but the situation is definitely scary enough to where an injunction is appropriate, right? So if you can prove, I would say, erratic acts 
that indicate someone is going to commit domestic violence coupled with, right, maybe threats of domestic violence. That's something to where I think would rise to the level of getting a domestic violence injunction, right? But it's all about whether or not there's reasonable cause to believe that you or the person filing it against you is in imminent danger of becoming the victim of any act of domestic violence. So scenarios and the factual situations vary wildly, right? I mean, I can't give you one size fits all for that. Just just know that the more evidence that you have to demonstrate that, hey, if the court doesn't intervene and step in right now, then there will be an act of domestic violence, right? So I think even if you have remote acts of domestic violence, right, domestic violence in the past, along with current threats or situations to where domestic violence is definitely real and definitely possible, right? So let's imagine a situation where I'm not saying this is definitely going to get you a domestic violence injunction, but a situation that comes to mind is if like if there were domestic violence like remotely, like in the past, right? Let's just say if it was a marriage, you know, it was, it was earlier in the marriage, right? Maybe several years removed. And then now it, the tension at the home is very high, right? It's high tension. And let's say that your spouse is destroying things in the house, you know, seriously, right? Like TVs smashed, objects thrown against the walls to where, you know, they're causing holes in the walls. Maybe not throwing objects at you because if someone threw an object at you and it touched you, that would be a battery under Florida law. If someone threw an object at you and it missed, but they were aiming for you, that would be an assault. So that would be under the statute, an act of domestic violence, but maybe they're throwing things, just destroying things in your presence more to intimidate you. And if that's coupled with a previous act of domestic violence, or maybe even not, sometimes if the destruction is, let's say, extensive enough, significant enough to where, oh my God, like I wouldn't, you know, you can get a judge to basically determine that there's reasonable, there's a reasonable belief that the person, you know, living with the other person that's destroying the house and, and, and the property believes that, hey, they're next, right? They're, they're going to be the victim of domestic violence. Then, then yeah, I, that would be enough. Again, it, it all depends upon the severity of the situation and how real domestic violence really looks. So, or the thought of domestic violence really looks. So that's a summary, right, of the uh, basics of domestic violence injunctions. And then if you're able to prove that you're entitled to a domestic violence injunction, the court will, will grant you one. And then something I alluded to in, in the beginning or I touched upon in the beginning of this episode is how long does the court grant you an injunction for, right? And this varies wildly too. I've had judges that made very poor decisions and would, or have, I'm thinking of one, in, you know, of one judge in particular, this judge entered an injunction for only six months. And I think based on the facts that she heard was incredibly too short. I, I was, you know, we, we were just appalled, the client and I, that the judge only granted it for six months, but I've had judges grant them indefinitely, meaning until further order of the court, which could really be permanent if no one goes back to, to dissolve them, right? So you can sometimes get them for permanently, indefinitely, until further order of the court. I've had, them, I've had judges order five years. I've had judges order a year, three years. So it just depends on the situation. But yeah, that's injunctions, the basics of injunctions really from A to Z in Florida or domestic violence injunctions rather from A to Z in Florida. If you have any questions for me, please 
send me over an email. Be happy to answer it. You know, as soon as I can. I've been very busy lately, but they send me an email to Scott at kjlawfla.com. I'll do my best to get to your question. If you have a question, and I think that uh, it would be a good podcast episode, I'd be happy to do it. I've got a couple people definitely reach out to me pretty often. So both to, to get consultations, right? To see if, if uh, we'd be a good fit for you for your divorce case or, or family law case. And, and people have uh, suggested topics for, for upcoming episodes, which I'm going to try and to incorporate in future episodes. But but yeah, I know if you have a question, I'd be happy to answer it, maybe even on the podcast. So definitely email me your question um, if you have one. But if you're listening to this on like Apple iTunes or or, or, the, or not Apple iTunes, that's how that's how uh, old I am, right? Which is a little scary, but uh, to say that you're old for, for referencing Apple iTunes, no, um, Apple Podcasts, right? If you're listening on the Apple Podcasts app, leave me a five star review. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you only if you've enjoyed the podcast, right? If you found it helpful, or if you've been listening on Spotify, I think you can review it there too, um, or wherever you're listening. If you're able to review it, please give it give it a five star review. If uh, you enjoyed it. And if it's, uh, you know, helped you in your situation. All right. Well, thanks for listening and uh, look forward to the next one. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Florida Divorce Podcast. To learn the 10 secrets behind every successful divorce, visit floridadivorcepodcast.com. If you'd like Scott's help in your divorce case, go to kjlawfla.com. Thank you.